Hello, everyone, and welcome to Book Break for 2023. Happy New Year. We've had some changes here. My good friend and co-worker Kirstra has moved to Maryland, and I will miss her terribly. So I hope to have her as a guest in the future, because let's face it, we all want to know what Kirstra is reading. So I have a new guest today. Her name is Ashley McLaughlin. She's a librarian here at the Greece Public Library, and she's going to be starting a new book club called The New Romantics. Ashley, can you tell me a little bit about what your reading life is like and also a little bit more about the book club? Yeah, so my reading style, I'm really into like mystery, thriller, like crime, detective books. Um, I'm also really into young adult romance. Oh, So that is, yeah, why I'm going to start a romance book club. It's going to start January 5th. Um, It's going to be every Thursday, every first Thursday of the month. Um, And basically what I'm trying to do with that is... I have like a lot of like lighthearted romance picked Mm -hmm. out, um, some kind of like heavier, more dramatic stuff kind of picked out. Um, Definitely some young adult um, romance choices too. So I feel like there's a pretty good mix. So I'm excited about that. That's great. And we have everything on the calendar. If you want to register, you can go right to our website. Um, you do have an age on this one. Is it 18 to 35? It is 18 to 35 just because of like the types of books I've chosen, mm-hmm. but really um, anyone's welcome to join. So Okay. I think it's kind of good because that's like a niche that we don't have yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Well, I will get us started. Today we're just going to do like a roundup of books that we've been reading And I am going to start, my first one is called The Marriage Portrait. And although it's a historical fiction, it's kind of like a mystery too. Mm -hmm. This one is by Maggie O'Farrell. And she wrote a book called Hamnet, which Kirster really liked. I really liked it as well. And um, this book, The Marriage Portrait, was Reese's Book Club for December. So, and I, in case you don't know, I, I'm a big fangirl for all these celebrity book clubs. Oh, me too. So, <laughs> 15-year-old Lucrezia di Cosimo de' Medici, and I hope I'm saying that right, <laughs> marries a Duke Alfonso. He's Duke of Ferrara. Um, this is in 1550, and less than one year later, she would be dead. Although the cause of death was listed as a putrid fever, which whatever that is, she was believed to be murdered by her husband. So the book starts with Lucrezia and her husband at a very remote hunting lodge that she describes more like a fortress almost. And suddenly when they are eating dinner together, she kind of has a moment of clarity where she realizes her husband wants to kill her. So this starts like a game of cat and mouse with her trying to figure out what to do. Um, And then the story weaves back and you start reading about Lucrezia when she's a young child, like how she grew up in, her father was also a duke and he had a menagerie of animals in his basement, one of which was a tiger that she was fascinated with and she kind of snuck over there to like pet the tiger. So she was a very brave, very unusual little girl. He also allowed her to be educated. So she had a lot of insight into knowing the politics and the power struggles that kind of go on into a lot Mm -hmm. of these families. 
So she was not even supposed to be the bride of this particular duke. It was her older sister that was betrothed to him, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to unite, kind of like give her father in, like power into another kingdom. But unfortunately, her sister died. So even though she was 13, they decided to go ahead and betroth her, like, mm-hmm. all right, you're next. And... um they waited like two years. He went out and fought in some wars, and then his father, the Duke, died, so he, he wanted her as a bride, so they had this big, elaborate wedding. Um, so, yeah, she only makes it a year, and part of the story is this portrait that he commissions of her because mm-hmm. he wants a marriage portrait of her to depict her as in all her finery and everything else. So, um that becomes a very integral part of the story, but I don't want to give too much away because mm-hmm. it's it's also part of the spoiler of what happens to her. So um, it was interesting. I wish I could have read it this month or last month was so busy for me mm-hmm. that I had to pick it up and put it down. So that kind of took a little bit of my enjoyment away mm-hmm. from it. I think if I had been able to sit and really immerse myself in it, I would have yeah. liked it a lot better. Mm-hmm. But um, I highly recommend if you like, like, Historical fiction with a mysterious twist. Um, it was very good. Very well written. It sounds really good. I love the ones, though, that do, like, the flashbacks, too, and give mm-hmm. you like, more of a backstory of everything. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. finding out about the characters, so. Yeah, me too. So, what's your first book you have for us? So, mine is When the Stars Go Dark by Paula McLean. And I'll just start with I loved it. I thought it was so good. It was so interesting. Um, so, basically... It takes place in 1993 in a small town in California, and it follows Detective Anna Hart, who was a former foster um, care child, and she has a lot going on in her life right now, so she decides to go back home to her small town where um, she found her, like, forever foster home there. Mm -hmm. Um, So she goes back, and she ends up getting involved in this case of a missing 15-year-old girl who was also adopted. And there's a lot of, like, controversy with it at first because a lot of people think she might have, like, ran away. And so they're not taking it as serious. And she thinks that she was abducted because also there's two other active missing girl cases at the time. And so that's going on. And so basically it starts off, she goes home and she kind of gets involved in the case. Like personally, she goes to the missing girl's um, parents' home and really tries to like learn um, what Cameron was her name, what was happening with Cameron at the time and like what she was going through. And so she finds out that Cameron also like had like a very bad past like herself they were both in foster care they both had parents who were addicts so she really like emotionally connects to the case that Mm -hmm. way and then really like so as she's solving it it's a book where there's so many other like stories involved and so many other plots at the same time so I thought that was really really interesting it just made the book have like more depth I feel because every little like other plot added to the story instead you know how sometimes it like takes away from it I feel like everything she did with it really added to it more um 
So Anna, like, continues to look for the girl. And then the other case, it was actually a real case in real life, was Polly Kloss, I think her name was. She was abducted from her home in the middle of the night. So they kind of base it. They think it's connected. So the whole they're trying to figure out if it is or not and I feel like they waste a lot of time with that Mm -hmm. and then the other aspect was there was another girl her name was Shannon I think and she was missing too but they thought she ran away because she had a troubled past so they're just trying to connect all these dots that aren't really connected and um the other thing was one of Anna, the detectives, one of her childhood friends also disappeared from that town. Right. So they think it might all be connected that way. And it just really was like a very emotional read. I thought it was really good. I I read that one too, and I really liked it. Mm -hmm. I think it was one of my book of the month picks, like, you know, a little while ago. But um, that author, Paula McLean, also wrote a lot about Hemingway's wives, like the Paris wife and everything. And that one was just... The one, you know, where the stars mm-hmm. go dark was so different. Yeah. But I think she might have had some trouble or something in her past because I thought that when she came out and, inter- you know, did interviews mm-hmm. for that book that she said there were parts of her own personal life that she let seep into that book. And that would make so much sense because you really felt like the emotional connection like mm-hmm. between Anna and like the girl and how she related her past to her past. Like, I just thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was very well done, too. Yeah. I like that one. So my next one is kind of different. Um, I don't normally read spy novels at all. I'm just kind of not like a spy novel kind of gal. (laughs) But I watched this show on Apple TV called Slow Horses. It's really good. (laughs) So I found out that the books are audiobooks on Mm -hmm. Hoopla. So I thought, huh, I'm going to listen to one of these while I walk. So now I've kind of gotten into this series. Um, The first one is called Slow Horses. And what it's about is there's a place called Slough House in Great Britain. And it's where they send their disgraced Secret Service agents, like from MI5 or Mm -hmm. whatever they call it. So the leader of the house is named Jackson Lamb. And he has been in the Secret Service since, I think, like, after World War II. He was very involved, like, when the Berlin Wall came down. But you don't really know at first why he has been put there and why he's in charge of this band of misfits, for lack of a better word. Um, one of their new recruits that they just got was a young man named River Cartwright, Now, his grandfather was a very prominent person in the Secret Service. Mm -hmm. They call him the OB. I'm not going to go into why they call him that. but (laughs) um, River is involved in a training mission that is in like a, a railway station. And the way he chases the person, there's kind of like a miscommunication with who the suspect is that he's trying to apprehend. Mm -hmm. So when he goes after the suspect, all chaos breaks loose and ends up like in the training mission, if this had been a real thing, they said he would have been responsible for the death of like hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. So of course, he's removed from Mm -hmm. the park, as they call it, and sent over to Slough House. Um, While all this is happening, there was a young Pakistani man that has been kidnapped. And he's like a video goes 
live that says if he's not um, found in like 36 hours, he's going to be beheaded on television. So they find out it's like a splinter radical, like white nationalist group that has taken him, but it's not really everything it seems. And the, the misfits start investigating and find out that somebody from the big like MI5 has something to do with this, that they may have done this as a deal to get like some attention from other governments, but things are not going right. So now they're really on the hunt to try to save this guy before mm -hmm. something horrible happens. So it's spies, lies, espionage, <laughs> intrigue. Um, it was very entertaining. It was a good book for me to listen to mm -hmm. because you can just kind of, you know, jump in and out. Great English accents, which I love. Um, so I've started the second one. And now the second series is on Apple Apple TV. It was great to watch. This is one that I actually, and I don't know whether it's because I watched it first, mm -hmm. but I almost like the TV series a little bit better than the book. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's really, it's a fun series to watch and something kind of different. Yeah, it sounds really entertaining. I also love the one there is like a show with a book that's so good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So many books now are going into TV oh, yeah. series too. Mm -hmm. A lot of teen books are, yep. yeah, so. Okay, so the other one I read was by Colleen Hoover, who is obviously, like, all anyone's talking about right now. Yes. Um, the first book I read by her, actually, was Verity, and um, I didn't really get the hype, so I took a break. And then the second one I read by her was the one I'm going to talk about. It's Reminders of Him. It was, like, so different, I think, from the other one I read, so I don't know if that was why, but it was so good. Um, so, basically, you have the main character, Kenna, and it starts off right away where she just got out of prison. Um, she was there for five years. She went for the accident that caused her boyfriend to die. So, um, she was in prison for five years. She gets out. And obviously, like, everybody, she goes back to the town because her daughter, she lost custody, is in that town. Um, and Scotty was her um, boyfriend at the time. So her his parents took the daughter. And so they have custody of her. So it starts off, she goes back, and obviously, like, she's very hated. Like, nobody likes her because of this horrible thing. And... In the beginning, it kind of does seem maybe like she wasn't remorseful, and that was why everyone was, like, really hated her for it. But you find out that, like, throughout the book, because it's in her point of view, and then it switches back and forth from hers to Scotty's best friend's point of view, who she accidentally meets when she gets to the town because she didn't know who he was, and he didn't know who she was. And so... As the book goes on, you realize that it wasn't that she wasn't remorseful. She was so broken over mm -hmm. the accident that she felt like she was guilty and she felt like she deserved the jail time and she felt like she didn't deserve her daughter. So really the whole book is her like building a connection with um, his best friend so she can try to get to her daughter because you find out that he has a connection with her daughter so he knows her and so it's really just a book about um kind of forgiveness and like accepting like 
what happened because like I said in the beginning she was so hated and you felt so bad for her because you realized that she was just so sad and she really just wanted her daughter back and then so yeah it was a very like sad story but it ends very happy so oh that's good yeah yeah yeah, that one, I, I can't believe how many people come in looking for Colleen oh, Hoover like books right now. every day. I yes, get a yeah, phone call multiple like, times a day. Is on the shelf? I'm like, let me <laughs> go look. But like, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It is but crazy. But I am getting it more now okay. that I've read a few more of her books. So I know, I've got to try try one. I yeah. haven't read one yet, but I really feel like I need to since yeah. it's such a thing. So. I would recommend this one. Okay, reminders of him? Yep. Okay, going to take you up on that. <laughs> All right. My last one was um, a historical fiction that I got through Book of the Month Club, which I do with my daughter, and it was called Jacqueline in Paris by Anne Ma. And this one is about Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy's year abroad in Paris before she ever met Jack Kennedy, her Mm -hmm. husband, you know, and when he became president. So it was August 1949 when she arrives in post-war Paris. Paris to begin her junior year abroad. I was amazed at how like sheltered these girls were and you know the chaperoning and how her parents like her parents really didn't want her to go and do this. Mm-hmm. So she really had to advocate strongly for this cuz she really and you can see how later on in her life like she was known as like a cultural icon. She had very good taste mm-hmm. um I think she redecorated the White House. So, you know, she she obviously had a very strong sense of style, which came out in this book and the way they described everything. But it also cracked me up that Paris was, or not cracked me up, but it was a little shocking to see the kind of shape Paris was in after the war. I mean, they used squares of, of newspaper for toilet paper. And I'm like, I just can't imagine mm-hmm. Jackie Kennedy doing this, you know. Yeah. Um, just, they didn't have enough to eat. They didn't have food. And then politically, um, France and Paris was in a very unusual place. Here they had just gotten out from under German rule, but um, there was a very active communist party that was forming, just more, not so much in the way that we think of communists like today, mm-hmm. but the fact that there were people that had nothing that really wanted to kind of reorganize society a little bit because, um, so that was just very interesting to me. So one, learning about the architecture and mm-hmm. what happened, the, the people, the politics, like she found out that the woman, and I believe this was true, that the woman that her parents had, you know, let her stay with mm-hmm. was... Like her, she went to one of the prisons for a while because she was trying to like smuggle information and do things. And I believe her husband never came back. So, um, yeah, it's just when you start to think about what these people did mm-hmm. to get through this war, it was it was pretty shocking. And she also you begin to see some of her future personality where she does fall in love and the person. Um, doesn't keep a lot of her confidence the way he should and maybe uses her for to get information about people that she's staying with and everything. So that portrayal really hit her hard. And you can see that's that wall of privacy that went up with her mm-hmm. later and, and kind of understand why. Like you have this young girl and she's, she learns she's got to be careful about herself. And her parents put so much pressure on her to... Mm-hmm 
marry the right person and, and you know, gain privilege and it just, um, yeah, she was under a lot of pressure. But it was a very interesting book, you know, considering yeah. that, you know, who this is and, uh, you know, it's not a period of her life that people talk much about. Mm-hmm. So even though probably not everything was factual, at the end, the author did make notes of, you know, what she knew to be true, so mm-hmm. you could make that distinction. And she tried to not go off the rails, yeah. you know, how some people just, oh, yeah. you know, you know, like, it can't be true, but yeah. this was very believable. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was Sounds interesting. Good. It reminds me a lot of um, Diane Chamberlain. She does mm-hmm. a lot of, like, the historical fiction, yes, which I love. So, yeah. yeah, that reminds me a lot of that, like, the stuff she does. Yeah, I... I I read one by her recently mm-hmm. that I really liked. Yeah, so I've read a few and they've all been really good. Yeah. I didn't know you were a mystery person too. Um, it's like a new thing. Yeah. Like the past like two years, because I didn't used to be, and now it's okay. like all I read. And then I went through the huge like historical fiction phase yeah. too. I read like literally five of like Diane Chamberlain's books like in right two in a row. Weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny you get in the mood for certain yeah. things. Yep. So, so what's your last book you have for us? Well, talking about phases, I'm clearly in the Colleen Hoover phase because now it's just another book of her. It's Regretting You. And okay. I thought Reminders of Him was my favorite, and then I read this, and now this is my favorite, I think. Really? Okay. It starts off, so it's about a mother and daughter. The mom is Morgan, and the daughter is Clara. And from the very beginning, this one also switches point of views, and so I think that... Um, really added to it because it starts off with Morgan has her daughter when she's 16 and she has a boyfriend like they're very much in love it's a good relationship and she has her sister who is her very best friend and her sister has a boyfriend who is her boyfriend's best friend so they all get along great and then um, she finds out she's pregnant and she's only um, I believe 17 she hadn't graduated yet and her sister's boyfriend who was also like all of their like good friends just like decided to leave like at the end of the summer he left he didn't really say why and then they hadn't heard from him so then it goes into Clara's point of view her daughter when she's 16 and um you see that like her parents are still together still very happily in love um her aunt is her best friend they have a great relationship and then something um very tragic happens to morgan and clara and then it's just them and they didn't have the best of relationship because Mm -hmm. she was like so close with her aunt and so close with her dad and so now it's just her and her mom trying to figure everything out and the sister's boyfriend in high school comes back okay So now it's just the three of them, and it's kind of just a story of them working through this tragic thing that happened to them, and there's, like, a lot of, like, twists and, you know, and, but really what I liked so much about it was the dynamic between them wasn't kind of, like, what I usually see in other books of a mother and daughter like you had both of their point of views and so you see that the mom was like really actually trying to understand where the daughter was coming from throughout the whole story while also trying to be her mom okay and the daughter is actually also trying to be very understanding of her mom in this situation because they both went through something so terrible and 
the world experiencing it so differently. Okay. So it was like very emotional. Um, but again, I think really what was so interesting about the book was just their relationship. And normally, like, I feel sometimes that's not always interesting, but just the way she wrote their characters and their story and how they ended up coming together in the end was like very interesting. I read it in like four hours. Wow. <laughs> So the way you've described Colleen Hoover is not how I would have pictured her in my head. Mm -hmm. I thought she was more of a romance writer, and it sounds like romance a part of it, but yeah. the family relationships and getting through adversity is also a big part of it. And that, I think, that's what I love reading, and that is what all of her stories are. Like, there's always a bigger thing. There's a lot of love and, like, happiness most of the time, but there's always, like, some kind of... I don't want to say drama, but something happens and it just adds more depth to all of the books. Okay. So, yeah, she really is like. So it's not like a writes, Hallmark movie type of thing no. at all. Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, one other thing I wanted to mention really quick is since it's winter, I know a yeah. lot of people are bored. We have a winter reading challenge bingo board Yay. that you can come in and hopefully we want to break you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Like some of the things are a recent award winner, a book club pick. So you could like go to Ashley's book club and mm -hmm. read one of her books and check out a bingo, um, a romance novel based on a historical event, a mystery or thriller, of course, because we all love our good murders. Yes. Um, but y'all have three months to do this. Everybody that does a bingo will get one of our nice Grease Public Library coffee mugs. And then we're going to have some drawings with people that have completed the bingos and get some prizes going. So it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, it's upstate New York. It's winter. So yeah. <laughs> this will be something fun for you to do while you're... <laughs> it's it's winter in upstate New York. We're not upstate New York? Try Western New York. We're Western New York. I'm sorry, I've been corrected by the producer. I say upstate New York, too. It's okay. <laughs> we do love the Buffalo Bills. Hopefully we can agree on that. Okay. But um, thank you for joining us on Book Break. And we will be continuing with our twice-a-month format, some special guests, and hopefully we'll settle into a new routine. But I appreciate you sticking with us. You can follow us wherever you get your podcast. So look for Book Break at Greece Public Library. And thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us, too, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Book Break is a production of the Greece Public Library, made possible through the support of the friends of the Greece Public Library. The music composed and performed 